Our feet are lowly, awkward things. We don't share the same purity codes that the people in Jesus' type did, where you have clean and unclean, you have pure and defiled. But even amongst ourselves, we do know there's something lowly, maybe a bit embarrassing about our feet. There was down there in our socks and shoes, getting hot and sweaty, sort of a concern that maybe our feet smell, that need sprays and ointments and things to keep things from growing. My feet have served me well, but I can't say that they've grown more beautiful with age. At this point, my feet are a collection of calluses and bumps. My toes don't necessarily go straight anymore. The nails a bit pitted. They're not beautiful. And frankly, it's on this evening that we often have to bear them to one another to be washed. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about us all being here and pulling off our shoes and socks and coming forward and the awkwardness of not knowing who you might get. Who's going to wash your feet? Because I think, honestly, we've all really gotten the message of this gospel. We're all ready to wash other people's feet. It's sitting in the chair having our feet washed that we don't really like. It's awkward. It's a bit embarrassing. And I just wanted to mark this feeling because there's a sort of feeling that I get um, like this sometimes in my ministry at the hospital. There are certain patients and people who come in who have experienced devastating illnesses, you know, either strokes or head and neck cancers or quadriplegia, and their bodies are no longer their own. They can't walk or swallow or talk or go to the bathroom on their own. Sometimes you can't communicate with them, or maybe you can just meet their eyes or they can nod a bit. And truth be told, some days I don't want to visit. It's just so hard. I wear a badge that says, Chaplain, I'm supposed to know what to do. But I just feel stripped of all the skills, of all the things I have to say and do. I can be present. I can take their hand. But I have so little to offer. And I feel powerless and awkward and a little embarrassed. And I wanted to bring up that feeling because I want you to hold that. I think that's an important way to understand a little bit about what the message is because that's cast aside this other drive that goes through John's gospel. Jesus is a man with a mission. Right from the prologue, he's sent into the world. He has been sent by God to be the light, to be a salvation for his people that we might be children of God. And so all through John's gospel, there are signs and teachings. And now we're right on the eve. We're on the eve of the glorification of the Son. The high point of John's gospel is the crucifixion. 
this, the vigil. His hour has come. It is his time. But frankly, this ministry hasn't been going great. You know, not even his disciples really seem to be getting it. And people have been falling away. And he's alienated the religious authorities, Sadducees, Pharisees, the scribes. They're all out to get him now. They're plotting his death. And he knows that. But his hour has come, and he still has work to do. And it says, knowing that he comes from God and knowing that he goes to God, he gets up from the table and takes off his robes and he wraps a towel around himself and begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Now the critical action is with Peter. He comes to Peter and he says, I know you don't understand, but I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter's like, never! You're not going to wash my feet. It's kind of like that moment earlier in the gospel where Peter foretell, I mean, Jesus foretells that he's going to die a death, and Peter pulls him to the side and says, don't talk like that. And he says, get behind me, Satan. And likewise, Jesus says to him, look, if I don't wash your feet, you have no share in me. You have none of my inheritance. And so Peter says, well, then my head and my hands also. I think perhaps Jesus should have taken the jug and poured it over his head. <laughs> it might have just chastened him just enough that he wouldn't have been so bold later this evening to say, I will die with you, knowing he'd go on to betray. But he does wash Peter's feet. And then Jesus finishes and he sits down and he begins to teach them, what have I just done for you? And it doesn't turn out to be a lesson about dirty and clean. It's not a lesson about humility and pride. It's not even a lesson about forgiveness. Though all are washed, not all are made clean. It turns out to be a lesson about relationships about power relationships. We know that the disciples kind of tagged along and could often be found wondering, like, who's going to be first? Who gets the best seat? They're kind of hoping Jesus would be sort of brought to power, have prestige and honor. And as his followers, some of that would come to them. So it's no wonder this is such an unwelcome teaching. When Jesus gets up and washes their feet, Peter doesn't want this world turned upside down. He's not ready for this kind of ministry. And far from it, this is just the beginning because Jesus will go to his death for his friends tomorrow. This is a hard teaching, but it is one that we must remember if we're going to be the followers of Jesus, that we must love one another he has loved us. And this washing of the feet, this flattening of our relationships, 
is about what we're going to need to do to be his followers. What privileges are we ready to give up? What honors, what hopes are we ready to part with? What low place, the first shall be last, last shall be first. What place are we really willing to take on, to kneel down, and to do the hard work of washing the feet of our brothers and sisters? Because folks, the hour has come for us too. We have just gone through a whole year of a pandemic that we don't know when it's gonna end. On a global scale, the hour has come for us to do something about climate change, or we will suffer, and so will our children, so will our grandchildren. So what are we willing to give up? On a national basis, our hour has come to confront racism and white supremacy, this scourge that has so distorted and disfigured our country over time and caused such violence even to this very day. Our hour has come locally to confront the vast disparity of wealth. Some have so much and others don't even have a place under the bridge. Folks, personally, our hour has come to change our lives, to confront those things we know are not giving us life, that are not making us loving members of this beloved community. Because we do know who we are. We know we come from God. We know we're going to God. We know that this is our hour. Jesus has given us an example, and we are to follow it so that we might love one another because as he says, in the gospel, that's how people will know that we are his disciples.